Hey there, buddy. You got your drink ready? Good. Me too. I'll tell you about it later. On to the pod. Sorry, got to warm up my voice. Voice is a little rusty today. Uh, welcome to episode 50, whatever, of the, hey, okay, huh? Happy hour. Happy February, what is it, 11th, 12th, one of those days. Lead up to Valentine's Day. It's the coldest time of year. We go on expensive dates. Uh, actually, not this year, are you? You can't go on no dates this year. Most parts of the country. They can, some of the places I've been to recently, these maskless heathens with their anti-science. I go to other places, they're only wearing one mask. It's like, you murderer! One mask? Yeah, I've been saying that for months. You think you're going to fucking stop a virus with one surgical mask? This is ridiculous. They don't fucking work. Use common sense. When it's cold out, go breathe. Go exhale when you're wearing a surgical mask. You might say, well, I don't see my breath. Because they're going out the sides, Nimrod. It's outside your peripheral vision. Right? And all you said I was crazy. He's anti-science, of course, wearing one shitty surgical mask protects you from a virus. What are you, crazy? And now, who's fucking right? Who's been right this whole time? When CDC comes out and says, oh, by the way, that one mask thing ain't working, doesn't work in order to block the particles up to 90%. We're still leaving 10%, you know, but whatever. We're cutting 90%. Two masks, two masks, three masks, four, five masks, six masks, seven masks, whore. God damn it. When did the public officials become like popes? You know what I mean? They're like popes. Like it used to be if you were a secular, liberal, enlightened, pro-scientific person, you would say, men are fallible. We question everything through the scientific method. And now it's like we take as gospel nonsense coming from a, you know, some Italian guy named Tony, you know? I'm Fauci. Hey, Fauci! Hey, Tony! I went to fucking medical school! I've been a bureaucrat for 40 years! I don't go away with an election because I'm part of the uh, shadow government. I'm a Fauci! It's like, whatever he says is like, gospel? Like, he's a fucking pope? Jesus Christ! And he changes his mind every three weeks. This week, this is infallible. Next week, something else will be infallible. Clearly, I've been drinking alcohol, right? Let's get down to our drinks. What are you drinking, huh? I am drinking a Manhattan cocktail. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. The best cocktail ever invented. You guys know the... I should know my audience by now. You're all functional alcoholics, right? You got the Manhattan in your repertoire. Um... It's one of the OG cocktails, right? The Big Six or whatever they call them. You got the Martini, the Old Fashioned, the Manhattan, the Daiquiri, the fucking... Was Gimlet in there? Probably not. But you know, the old school shit. And the Cocktail Manhattan. 
second oldest on record. They got the old-fashioned, you know, the old-fashioned cocktail recipe documented in like 1840s or some shit, like when gangs of New York took place. They were drinking the old-fashioned, pretty simple drink, right? Whiskey or rye, I believe bourbon you can use. Bourbon might be better. Uh, take some bitters, you know? What the fuck are bitters? Apparently, it's just like super potent, condensed, like herbal, wood, like flowers, just this, and alcohol, and it dilutes, and it's just, it has a lot of strong flavor, so you don't need a lot of it. We know, Matt, we know what bitters are. We're, we're functional alcoholics, all of us. Stop over-explaining. Okay, that's what bitters are. So you take uh, just some fucking bourbon for the old-fashioned, take some bitters, and a cube of sugar, and you, and you muddle, you, you press that sugar into those bitters to make a little liquid. And then you pour the liquid into the, into the cocktail, into the whiskey bourbon there. And you got yourself an old-fashioned, put it a little orange peel in there maybe. And it's kind of a sweet drink. It's sweet. It's got the sugar. Uh, the Manhattan, on the other hand, superior drink. I, I maintain for this reason. Very similar recipe. For the traditional Manhattan, the one that I'm drinking right now, you want rye instead of whiskey. You can use whiskey. You can use bourbon. You can even use rum if you want to get crazy. But rye is the way you go. In my case, I'm drinking Templeton rye. Shout out to Iowa. Technically Indiana, but that's a whole other story. You want to use rye, whiskey. Why rye? Well, what's the difference between rye and fucking whiskey, you might say? And bourbon, I might ask. Well, apparently, you know, bourbon's made of corn. On the sweeter side, rye whiskey, rye, a little bit peppery, spicier on the side, I think. And then whiskey in the middle. All right. So, Manhattan, back to the Manhattan cocktail. You take some rye whiskey, you put those bitters in, Angostura, if I'm saying that right. You want some Angostura bitters. Uh, same as an old fashioned, but instead of the sugar, you're going to put in. One part sweet vermouth. So you got two parts rye, one part sweet vermouth, and they say two dashes of Agnostura bitters. Okay. Simple. But the Manhattan's less sweet, more complex, right? Because you don't want to be too sweet. So, And the Manhattan, ironically, looks girlier in its presentation than the old-fashioned, right? Old-fashioned, you want in a tumbler, rocks glass, on the rocks. Big ice cube. Looks like a manly drink. Something Don Draper's drinking on the madman, right? Manhattan, you're going to stir it in the, the, the shaker with ice. You're going to uh, stream it into a cocktail glass. Now, cocktail glasses, for whatever reason, look like Girly drinks. Something about the stem. and But what's ironic about it is the purpose of the cocktail glass is to avoid your hand from touching the glass. Avoid you, uh, prevent you from warming up the liquor. Which means you don't need ice. Which means it's high, it's, it's stronger. Right? But you gotta hold it like a like all dinty. So ironically, the Manhattan, less sweet... Stronger, right? Because you're not going to have it on the rocks. It's not going to melt. The ice isn't going to melt to dilute it. So the, the old-fashioned is sweeter and more diluted. It looks manlier, but it's 
not. It's like, uh, uh, I don't know, um, let's use an example here. Who's a guy that's outwardly tough but is really uh, Dennis Rodman, right? I don't know, I'm just assuming here. Guy dressed in, in, in women's clothing. He, he was clearly not the toughest guy behind closed doors. I don't know. But outwardly tough guy, right? All the tattoos, big guy. Oh, no, he's black, says the racist whites and Asians. Stop weaseling out of racism, Asians. Right? So the old-fashioned is Dennis Rodman. Manhattan, manly drink, strong drink, in a girly exterior. So who would that be? Hmm? Would that be probably like, like, like John Stockton, right? Look at this guy. What's he gonna do? My taxes? He's punching you in the nuts. He's fucking elbowing you. You know, he's not getting rattled when you trash talk him. He's just staying silent with his pursed lips, always making the right fucking play. Uh, All-time NBA leader in steals and assists. Come on, John Stockton. So. Uh, What's my point? So that's what I'm drinking. A Manhattan. So my, my like I said, Templeton Rye. Two parts. One part sweet vermouth. And here's my, here's how I make my Manhattan. If I, you know, I don't want to brag about my, my mixology skills, but on this one cocktail, I, I, I make the best Manhattan you'll ever fucking drink. Because the key is, you don't want to skimp on the bitters. You know, they say two dashes, but don't be afraid to put that third or fourth dash in there. Those bitters, really, if you do it right, you have a fucking basically straight alcohol drink that tastes like cinnamon. And there's no sugar in it. There's no fucking sugar in it. Just bitters, vermouth, rye. And it's like, is this a sugary drink? And yes, I drink it in a cocktail glass, right? That's what I do. And it's garnished with a one of those cherries, those bright red, what do you call them, Mara, Maracino. Uh, those, you know, those cherries, uh, I don't mind skimping the, the cherry, you know, it's, it's, if you go hard on the bitters and you maybe put a little extra, uh, squeeze of that vermouth, it's going to be sweet enough. You don't need to get all syrupy, right? So that's a Manhattan drink of the week, maybe our drink of the month. Maybe we should do a, a different cocktail, different kind of drink. I don't want to become a, a total alcoholic here, so maybe it'll be any kind of caffeinated or CBD alcohol drink. We'll do a drink of the fucking month or week. What do you think of that? Sure. Good enough. Uh, what the fuck is going on uh, in, the, in the world? We got fucking... Uh, oh... Forget about the world. Let's enough about the world. Let's talk about me. I did a show last weekend in uh, back in Sioux Falls at BB's Pub, formerly Nutty South, and uh, had a great time. It was a musical show, some comedy thrown in there. Me and another fella. Uh, it's some some punk rock, some some rockabilly, right? And it was just great to. Be in a packed bar, no masks, live music, live comedy, and you know, I did had a good set. You know, it's always good to have a good set. Had the advantage of going on before the music, right? As a comedian, you never want to follow music because there's something about music. Like after the crowd hears a song or two, they don't want to hear some fucking guy talk. That's why comedians are always open for the musical acts. So the poor bastard 
poor Blackbeard the Bastard, the other comedian that, that went on later, he went on after music and uh, he ate some balls. And uh, I gave him shit about it, and I, and, I, and I will again. Because there's nothing that warms a black-hearted comedian more than watching another comedian bomb. I don't know. We're, we're just, we're, 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 we're not good people. We take pleasure. It's schadenfreude. Is that what they call it? The Germans? They did it right. He did all right, but I'm, it's just, the, it wasn't his fault. It's just the crowd was like literally... Like, not even paying attention. So, oh, the music's over? Oh, it must be intermission. Let's have conversations with one another and ignore the guy talking into a microphone. But, you know, the, the, the table up front was, was uh, paying attention to their credit. Uh, that was great. Uh, happy birthday to Ken, the guy who was uh, lead singer of F is for Frank. And, man, it was just... You forget that that shit's even possible now. You know, it's been 11 months of nonsense. And uh, everybody had a great, great set. Something about palm-muted power chords. It's like something, something about that. It's like our country. It's our folk music. Like every part of the country of the world has a flavor to their music for some reason that reflects, you know, like... Jamaica's got reggae, you know, the, you got the Delta blues, you got Chicago blues, you know, country music, Tex-Mex, mariachi. They somehow reflect flamenco in Spain. Um, they somehow reflect the, the, the area, the region. And I think you get in the cold regions. Um, Cold regions with not a lot of sunlight, you get metal. Metal's big in cold regions that have a lot of cloud cover, right? And um, like the Pacific Northwest isn't particularly cold, but it's very cloud covered, hence grunge, right? And like Scandinavia, I assume not a lot of sun, especially half the year, very cold, you got death metal. I think in places where it's super cold, but you have a lot of sunlight, you get punk. That's where, uh, and I think it's South Dakota. South Dakota gets a deceptive amount of sunlight compared to like the Rust Belt. Colorado, not as much as Colorado, for instance. Colorado gets a lot of fucking sun, more than you would think, as far as days of the year with sunlight. So I think you get sunlight and cold, you get punk. You get sunlight and hot, you get country. Uh, so what would Canada be, huh? That's Neil Young, Propagandi, Rush, right? They like the mechanical electrical sounds up further up north. Going down south, more acoustic, less digital. Does this make any sense? Let's pretend it does. Let's move on. What's my point with that? Oh, yeah, great fucking time. Now, so that was the music that was being played Saturday night. It seemed to reflect... This general vibe, you know, you had a lot of electrical covers of Johnny Cash songs, you know, social distortion, kind of the social distortion vibe, a little rocket build. Oh, I forget Red Rockets. I forget the name of the last band, but they were really good. Anyway, you gotta you gotta appreciate a band with an upright bass, but a boom boom, some rockabilly guitar. Mmm, tasty, almost as tasty as a Manhattan. 
in the daytime. Uh, did you see Kevin Durant? Uh, this, this uh, where do I begin? So there's an NBA game. Brooklyn Nets versus who gives a fuck who. Before the game, they tell Kevin Durant, star of the Brooklyn Nets, they say, Kevin, you can't play in today's game. He says, why? He says, because you were in a car next to somebody who might have COVID. And he said, oh, fuck, I can't play in the game. And they tested the person he was in the car with for COVID. And then the test came back. The test came back. I'm sorry. Initially, the test came back inconclusive. So they told him he couldn't play. And then later, the test came back negative. And they said, oh, Kevin, false alarm. You can play. ESPN, nationally televised game. Go ahead. Go play. So he goes to play the game. And in the end of the third quarter, he gets taken out of the game and is talked to by somebody on the team. He looks disappointed. He gets up, walks away, throws a water bottle in frustration, and goes to the locker room. It's kind of weird. Is he injured? Comes out later, like 30 seconds later, the sideline reporter is saying, Kevin Durant has to leave the game for COVID protocol. It's like, oh, what? Keep in mind, Kevin Durant, like all players, get tested upwards of three times per day for COVID. Kevin Durant tested negative every time he was tested. But apparently, allegedly, at some point during the game, the person he was next to had another test that came back positive this time. And they took him out of the middle of the game. They take him out. Even though he had tested negative. And it's like, where are we? Like, this is so crazy. It feels like we're being gaslit. Like, let's do something outrageous to see how they take it. Just because he was in a car next to somebody who tested positive. Even though he still tests negative. Okay, what's even stranger is... He has just played three quarters with everybody else on the court, guarding them close, hand in the face, breathing heavily on them. If he's guilty by association, if it's possible he might be carrying the virus, why are you letting the other players to continue to play? If this actually has to do with preventing transmission of a virus, it doesn't make any sense at all. And what's even more bizarre, we're not even talking about people being sick or dying. It's like the guy that tests positive. We don't even care because everyone who tests positive is okay. Like at this point, it's been 11 months. A lot of you, I would assume, know at least seven people that have tested positive. Maybe you yourself. And it's like, when we hear about this, like I hear my own family test positive. At no point do I worry about their health because it's not a threat. This is not the disease we were told it was going to be a year ago. But that's another whole, that's a whole other story. But just think of the irrationality. So now Kevin Durant has to sit out all these games despite testing negative. What the fuck is the point of a test? So now it's not good enough. They're just conditioning us to the idea. It's not good enough to merely test negative. 
If you happen to have been next to a person, somebody else who tested positive, even though you still test negative, you still might have it magically. This is nonsense. They call it contact tracing. It's just to measure humans who they hang around with. They're going to use virus as a cover for this draconian shit. Because it clearly doesn't have, again, it has nothing to do with a virus. Because if it did, the game would have been stopped. Because this guy that you're worried about having the virus was just breathing on everybody and they got to play it out? It doesn't make any fucking sense. It's just conditioning for contact tracing. The idea that testing negative isn't good enough. It's guilt by association personified. Speaking of guilt by association, today's episode is brought to you by Baba G DIY Edible Kits. If you're a cannabis person, you've probably ingested a brownie or a cookie here or there. Problem is you never know how strong they are and you're probably overpaying. Well, if you go over to OregonBaba.com, they have an assortment of candy molds and candy mixers, all sorts of flavors that you can mix in with your own THC oil or CBD oil, whatever you have, uh, to make your own homemade edibles. Uh, again, uh, check them out at OregonBaba.com. We're also brought to you by Octane Inc. Octane Inc. specializes in vehicle wraps, snowmobile wraps, custom apparel, and race car lettering. With a deep history in motorsports and the love for anything fast, Octane Inc. has quickly become the Midwest's premier one-stop shop. Anything you want customized, uh, maybe you got a business logo or a, a personal monogram, uh, they can make it happen. Go to OctaneIncLLC.com today or find them on any social media platform. Again, that's OctaneIncLLC.com. Where were we? Hmm? Where were we? Uh, what's going on in the news? Oh, Gina. Gina Carano, uh, a lady that I don't really know. Apparently she was in the Mandalorian, the uh, Disney Star Wars series. Lost her job uh, today on account of being a racist. Uh, I mean, in the United States, you've got to be pretty fucking racist to lose your job, Right? Apparently she went on uh, the Facebook or the Instagram or the Twitter, one of those things, and and went on an an anti-Semitic diatribe. Like I guess she was just like frothing at the mouth, uh, talking all this anti-Semitic shit. Apparently I don't know. I don't know the details. I just go by the headlines. Why would I look at the details? Let's do actually. Let's look at the details here. Let's find out what this lady said that was so. Racist. Uh, headline, what's this say? Gina Carano's Mandalorian exit draws praise on Twitter. Uh, okay, yada, yada. So, yay, she lost her job. She's that racist. Scrolling down. Why do they bury the... They show everybody's Twitter reactions and they always bury the fucking... Meat of the... Oh, here it is. All right. According to Variety, the backlash against Carano began when she shared a message on the social media platform in which she compared today's political divide to the events in Nazi Germany. So here's what she said. Uh, Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. 
Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? I'm confused. Wait, what? Wait, that was... That's that's the racist shit? The anti-racist shit was the racist... What? A second post contained a photo of a person wearing cloth masks to cover their face and head with the caption, Meanwhile in California. Wait, this is why she lost her job? By... Wait, that, that quote wasn't... She wasn't saying... Wait, was she? Was she saying that the, the Nazis were good? No, she's... That quote, she said the Nazis are bad. And that they succeeded by dividing and conquering the citizens, that the citizens would turn on each other based on different... And then she's comparing that to having different political views. What? That's not only not racist... It's anti-racist, it's pro-unity, and it's kind of a good point. Are you serious? There's got to be like some actual racist shit, right? Um, Second post, others remained, however, including one post that reportedly read, expecting everyone you encounter to agree with every belief or view you hold is fucking wild. Wait, how is that racist? What the fuck? So you're telling me these morons that I'm like on Facebook with who are telling me about, or not telling me, but bitching about her anti-Semitism and racism, this is what the evidence they have? Are they just reading the headlines? Is this a bad fucking joke? Is this the Kevin Durant being taken out of the third quarter thing? We're going to cancel Gina Carano for being anti-racist and accusing her of being racist. I'm going to read it again. Maybe I misread it, but I'm pretty sure uh, that she was saying Nazis are not good and we don't want to be like Nazis. But let me read it again. She said, Jews were beaten in the streets not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? And so the things she's warning about happened to her. Well, that's that's... That's ironic. <laughs> I don't see anything remotely racist in that at all. I mean, the worst you could say is that it's insensitive to compare uh, stuff to, to uh, Nazis. But for the last four years, we've been calling the president Hitler. So it's like none of this. There's nothing remotely racist about that. Unless there's some other shit that I'm not seeing. I mean, and you could disagree with that. How is that grounds for losing your job? That's, this is a bad fucking joke. Hey, there's got to be other racist shit out there. She probably tweeted a swastika or some shit, right? Uh, If you have any evidence of Gina Carano's racism, 
I'm putting a $100 bounty on said evidence. If you have concrete evidence of Gina Carano's racism, please email me at mp at heyokhahappyhour.com. And uh, if it's authentic, I will reward you with $100, okay? $100. Give me some because this is not evidence of racism. This could be shit you don't agree with at all, but that is not right. Racism is an actual thing. Racism is a thing, and that is not a fucking example of racism or anti-Semitism at all. It's anti-Nazi. It's anti-fucking-Nazi. I'm going to read it one more time because it's just nuts. There's got to be something I'm missing. No. I'm not missing anything. This is horseshit. Is this just to get us into, like, so afraid to question anything? They're going to make an example out of people posting a guy with a bunch of masks on their face and saying, meanwhile, in California, that's grounds for losing your job? Cops kill people and they get two weeks suspension. You're going to make her lose her job because she posted something you disagree with. And you're going to believe that it's racist just because headlines and morons say that it's racist? There's nothing racist in there. Again, prove me wrong. You get a hundred fucking dollars. That's MP at hey, okay, ha, happy hour.com. My drink is done, obviously. I'm yelling like a, like a drunkard. So we better cut, better cut them off. No more drinks for you, sir. No more ranting into a microphone for you. We've heard enough. I don't blame you. Uh, we'll catch you next week, though. How about that? Uh, if you don't mind, give me a rating or subscribe. It, it never hurts. It doesn't take that much energy. Um, but until next week, you take care of yourself. You take care of each other. Bye-bye. <laughs>